What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Today we're going to be speaking to a very interesting guest. Uh, his music has basically spoken to millions around the world. I'm genuinely excited about this one. Let's go! Now, um, rewind about six years ago. Uh, you probably heard this song on radio, which basically took the world by storm. And uh, it sounded something like this. And because of the wonders of technology, ladies and gentlemen, on the show today, we have Lucas from the band Lucas Graham. Welcome! Thanks very much, Jen. And thanks for your time. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, like, it's only at times like this, you know, we get to connect. And uh, thanks to the internet, you know, we have this thing called webcam <laughs> and talking to each other <laughs> on Zoom. How's everything for you, Lucas? And uh, I, where, where are you currently residing right now? I am uh, sitting in my yard in Copenhagen and uh, I'm getting a little tired of, of using Zoom, to be honest. But, uh, but I think we can all agree that, that, uh, in a lockdown pandemic, it's nice to at least be able to to reach across the world. Yeah, I, and okay, I think like I'm not sure if you know someone such as yourself would get a lot of people uh, messaging in uh, during a times of a pandemic. Because, like for me, genuinely uh, myself, when you're basically stuck at home for such a long amount of time, right? You tend to turn to music, and that's the only way for yeah. you to kind of like relate to something. Have you been getting like you know a lot of like stories coming to you? It's like you know your music basically helped me get through the whole. Uh, pandemic and, and stuff like that yeah i'm uh, i'm not a big uh, reading my dms guy <laughs> um so uh I, i've just been yeah enjoying fatherhood listening to full albums again i feel like the pandemic took me away from playlists and like cherry picking songs into listening to albums start to finish because i mean where was i gonna go anyway right mm -hmm. um and I'm, very, I'm really happy that I went back to listening to full albums because it's a different uh, musical experience. And you're, like, the way you relate to music when you listen to full albums is just different. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I guess every artist will basically you know, craft an album uh, based on the story that they want to tell from start to finish. Are, are you the type that basically listens from the first song all the way to the end or you hear a song that's a banger on radio and then you basically buy the album, go to that song and then go to the first song and basically criticize the whole <laughs> album? It it depends. I mean, um, I often if you hear something that's something good on the radio or like on a playlist, the album is usually up to par, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's unfortunate with this um, the modern quote unquote like playlist stuff that that a lot of really good songs kind of don't get the attention they deserve just because they weren't like a big single. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because, like you know, everybody tends to only focus on one. It has become, I've well, for me is I used to be a radio announcer. I used to work yeah. on Malaysia's uh, Malaysia's number one English station, and it, I used to be like how you were. It's like oh, you hear a song that's great. It's like oh, I wonder what the album's like. But today it's more of like yeah. it's like a singles market. You only know that one song. Okay, I only know you for that one song, and chances are you probably heard it on TikTok or something or like Instagram. Yeah, but you could also say that fewer artists now, like there are a lot of artists coming up that don't have the focus on the album because they didn't necessarily grow up with albums like you and me did. 
Um, so I think it's also about depending on the artist. Some artists are great single driven entities mm-hmm. and some artists have these like really immaculate album stories to tell. Right. I, and I, 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 I've been doing some digging. I mean, like, sorry, I, I may sound like a stalker, but uh, I've been reading up a bit about you. But I, I want to go back to the time where you basically thought to yourself, you know what? I think I could be a songwriter. And you could basically, you, you, you said that you used to write uh, stories or, or lyrics, pages and pages of lyrics. When was the first time you realized to yourself, like, hey, I think I'm a good writer and I think I'm a good musician. I want to kind of start writing songs for people to relate to. Um, it's a, I was probably 20, 21 mm-hmm. when I realized that my lyrics uh, were unique and had like a pungent uh, <laughs> like quality to them. Uh, but it's a difficult question to answer because all of this happens over time. You know, it's like you work 10, 20 years to become an overnight success. Um, but yeah, I was in Argentina when I was 20 years old and I wrote like 300 songs or something just because I was living with a guy who had a little music production studio in his in his living room Mm -hmm. and then uh, later that year uh, in 2009 I was in New York for a month recording some of these songs by coincidence I was invited over and then I started writing songs with my good good friend Stefan I was actually at his birthday last night um and uh and yeah me and Stefan have been writing pretty amazing songs ever since um but I think like the first time when 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 there was like people from outside the creative circle that heard these songs mm-hmm. and had like an instant like feeling with them that was kind of a, a aha moment what, what was it okay i uh, coming from someone who well, i don't do music for the background like i can't write music to save my life but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i do films and as well i wouldn't say that it's kind of similar into the whole creative uh, atmosphere creative industry but when i make a film I get really, really nervous. Like when I made my first film and I wanted to show it to someone, even though it's like someone whom you know it's your best friend and you know, even if, if your film sucked, you know that they'll lie and tell you like, no, it's good, I think it's good. Were you that nervous putting out your first song? Or who, who was the first person that you played your song for? And I was never really that nervous when releasing music um, and I'm still not very nervous when I go on stage or release songs. I think... Uh, for me, there's like a handful or two of people, like nine people, maybe max that I will listen to in terms of artistic creative direction. And then at the end of the day, you kind of have to accept the fact that other people's opinions don't really have, should ever have an effect on your craft. It's like, if you're listening to other people's opinions, you're already compromising your integrity. Um, So you just need to find that deep, and strong place inside yourself where once you are satisfied with the work of art uh, or a body of work, you are ready to release it to the world. And sometimes it resonates with millions. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like, cause you see like, um, you know, I'll be honest, like you, you listen to some songs on the radio these days and stuff. Yes. There's some songs that are amazing. They're just there for you to dance to and stuff. But you know, rarely these days do you find songs that you can listen to and really hold dear to your heart. And I felt that with your music. Um, like, thank you. I feel like there was a sense of vulnerability when you write your lyrics. I, I, that that you've like, it feels like you've gone through a lot growing up. And it's although not similar to what I've gone through growing up as a kid. You know, how does it feel when someone comes up to you and say, "You know what? I kind of understand you." <laughs> Is that weird? 
I mean, at the end of the day, like, do we even understand ourselves? I mean, um, so that's just a bullshit statement. Uh, it's like someone screaming from the crowd, I love you. No, no, you love the song or the idea of me because you don't know me. So you cannot actually feasibly love me. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the like stranger sides of fandom is that people have this idea of ownership mm -hmm. and no knowledge of you when as I said, we don't even know ourselves. Mm. Um, what I think is beautiful about the way I write songs is that, that it, it's so personal that people can relate to it from their own story's point of view. Um, like, and what I mean by that is that I don't, I don't have like an intention for what you should feel when you listen to a song. Like whatever you feel and whatever it makes you think about, that's your story because of my song. Um, but whatever goes on inside your head has nothing to do with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, oh, it's, all, it's, all, it's so amazing when you say that because it's like you have a million people listening to your music and a million different people relating to it in a million different ways. And yes. That's, and that's the, that's, a, that's a, I mean, for me, it's mind blowing as someone who also creates stuff and you have like an open ended uh, ending and you have like a hundred people deciphering it in a hundred different ways. And that's amazing. And that's something, um, and that's something I kind of like envy because not everyone, I'm not saying that I'm great. I, like for someone like you, I, it's something that I envy because not everyone is able to, to do that. Do you actually realize that you have this sort of power in influencing people or it's just some, something that you genuinely feel and you just hope for the best? I think once you realize or understand too deeply this power, then you might lose it. Um, it's also... This is going to sound arrogant. That's hard. To, how the fuck do you say this? Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, if you ever start creating music from your listener's perspective, mm -hmm. you're then you're finished. Yeah. Like in a lack of a better <laughs> word, uh, I mean, like in other different uh, industries, that you sold out. Yeah, but it's not even about selling out. It's about not creating from your heart space. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like I write songs for me, Jen, mm -hmm. and then I release them for you. And at this, as soon as I start writing songs for you and releasing them for me, uh, then, then I'm done. Yeah. You would never like, be able to grow. You're always chasing after what people expect you to be rather than what you want to build yourself. And honestly, it, it, it just doesn't float my boat. Like, I like to write songs, feel something. Sometimes that is not necessarily what's on top radio like seven years wasn't a like pop radio song but it still made it big all over the place because it just told an honest story that i could feel yeah awesome did you ex i mean like uh being a musician like you, you said that you started when you were about 20 years old and uh when you released seven years it became an international success millions around the world basically listened to music did you expect did, were you expecting that to happen or you know even if you didn't get uh that that success you know you would still be happy where you are because you were writing songs that you wanted to write yeah i mean i uh started singing professionally when i was eight years old in a boys choir mm -hmm. i started writing songs when i was 20 and and it just moved from there now i'm 32 and i still write songs i think the point is if no one was listening i'd still be writing songs okay. um when I heard uh, when I heard seven years back, like from writing it the first time, and if, yeah, years ago, 
I think it was like a, there was like an a, a, an epiphany moment. It was like I knew this was an amazing and unique song. I don't think you can expect how big it actually became. Yeah, that's wow. That's you're you're, you're a very you're a very humble guy. I think like you 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 come off as a person has got a lot of soul into what you do, and that's amazing. And uh, I'm really happy for you know the success that has basically come your way. And uh, I read you know you've got two kids right now. So how's fatherhood treating you? Yeah fatherhood is treating me well i mean uh, the pandemic i think was you can't say was good for me but the fact that i stopped traveling and i've been put for like a year and a half was probably very good for me like um being a stay-at-home dad and getting up with them every morning putting them to bed every night and just having a different routine and not just traveling all over the place trying to figure out which time zone i'm in <laughs> oh wow so, so, so back then okay when you were touring a lot when you're doing shows did the kids follow you when they can or, or were they most of the time at home um the kids have been with me well the number two was born in the middle of the first lockdown so mm -hmm. uh, but the first one she's been with me all over europe and north america never Never out to your neck of the woods out in Asia or Southeast Asia, but um, but I think she'd love it out there. She's a she's a big fruit girl. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a pity that like she's really into mangoes. Ah, oh. <laughs> and like we're in the, I mean, mangoes don't really grow where we're from, and uh, <laughs> and so whenever I get mangoes, I have to put them in the windowsill to ripen. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, she would love uh, a tour in like around a fruit market in Malaysia and just gobble up everything <laughs> yeah i think i think the last time the last time when you were here like two years ago uh the headlines was like lucas uh graham uh, the band basically tried durian and everybody was going up and about on how you love durian because most of the time like 99 of the time when we had like uh friends from other parts of the world come to malaysia and we give them durian they'd be like what the heck is this shit <laughs> yeah but i mean a lot even a lot of locals don't like uh, some of that stuff you know i mean i like to just eat whatever is presented to me i'll try it at least once like i've had a live squid in korea i've eaten a barbecued like, scorpion <laughs> in thailand oh oh uh, my gosh and i mean the durian is really nice like i'm not so big on the jackfruit but the durian is like it's just like a the, i'd call it the custard fruit and the same goes for durian i mean i know a lot of cheese people in malaysia won't eat like, yeah the kind of cheese we eat here and the thing with some cheeses you should never smell it just eat it mm -hmm. and the same goes durian just don't smell it <laughs> like just eat it okay i mean that's a that's a good way that's a good way to tell some people listening right now if you don't like durian i'll take it from lucas himself you know he well he, he ate it and you know it's giving you a way to basically enjoy durian without having to deal with the after I mean, smell yeah, I, I have i had durian porridge which was really good too oh my god i cannot believe you you're telling me that you had i, ha I have okay it's funny because my mom like in the old yeah. you will tell me in the olden days that they would eat durian with porridge and i would tell her that's disgusting do not do that <laughs> i uh I, my label i asked for to go to to some local cuisine and i was taken around for different uh, ethnic food and i went to the like a malay eatery and it was uh, i had like a sambal tasting session like yeah. tasting different like fermented fish sambals oh, wow. and, like straight up chili sambals and both some of the like some of the really saucy leave it in the jar for months and some of the really fresh chili sambals and uh, and then i had durian porridge <laughs> for dessert 
and uh, like I think we were the, uh, we were probably the only Europeans in there, me and the guys. And I was learning to eat with my hand, like with the whole like yeah. the, the the pushing the food with the thumb. Yeah, eating e- eating my nasi lemak. <laughs> oh, and I, it was just uh, yeah. I like I like I think you can taste somebody's culture better than you can read about it. Oh wow. Yeah, I kind of, I I feel uh a little bit borderline embarrassed now because like you know the way you've basically explained all the food you've eaten, I don't think I've tasted half of them. <laughs> 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 I think like the oldie most uh, the oldie uh, like you know everybody is always like this, and when you have a friend coming from another country, durian, durian, nas- durian and nasi lemak, that's the basically the basic two, the king of the fruits and the, the king of breakfast. That's what they call it here in Malaysia. Now uh, I wanna I kind of want to segue a little bit. You've got a you've got a new song out. I'm gonna play it here right here. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready now? Do you forgive me? Am I something you can talk about? I heard you moving on and now you got it figured out. But I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, So like, you know, I had I had uh, Warning Music actually sent me this song. I was listening to it. And uh, funnily enough, uh, coincidentally, um, I was I was listening to the song while playing Friends, you know Friends, the sitcom Friends in the background. Yeah, and there was an emotional scene where Ross and Rachel were kind of like breaking up, and that it all of a sudden your music became like the background music, like, like the soundtrack. Yeah, to Friends. <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> and and it was sort of it was such an emotional scene that everybody goes through, and I was like, wow, this is uh this is this is very this is very like this is very real. I I I I, I, had, I heard the song. <laughs> Emotional. Uh, it's obviously, different people will take it, take it differently, but I, 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 I'm assuming that this is involving a relationship with someone that you've kind of loved before. What's the song about? Um, I actually, I'm the lucky guy. I had one girlfriend, and now I have two kids with her. Oh. Um, so I, uh, I actually been writing "Happy for You" out out of different emotions and out of some of my like my songwriting buddies' experiences. Um, to me, to me, happy for you is like the nightmare song. Like, what if mm-hmm. every like the worst thing was going to happen and we'd break up? Uh, and if I go th- into the thought of the breakup from a more logical, philosophical angle, mm-hmm. um, if she can't be happy with me, I'd want her to be happy with someone else, even if that's hard. Um, I mean, if it's real love, right? You want people to be happy. Yeah, it's just yeah. If you don't want them to be happy, maybe you were just like. Like in is like jealous, infatuated, possessive guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, I now based on all, like all the songs you've written that are very personal. You know, um, I tend to always ask this uh, to my. Okay, I have friends who are songwriters as well, and some of them tell me that sometimes when they go up on stage and they perform songs that are really close to their heart, it's sometimes tough because some songs that they write are really personal. Have you ever had like a song that's really, really tough to perform on stage just because, you know, it reminded you of something that you went through? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it makes it hard sometimes to move on in your life. I'm not saying you should just forget about all the bad shit that happened, but the thing that it's, it can be hard to move on in life because I keep reminding myself of the heartbreak and the pain that I've experienced. Um, I was, I wrote this, uh, the song it's not finished yet but the, it's kind of like the the ungratefulness of the world in terms of songwriting in some way like uh, and the lyric of the chorus is um, like i'm giving you my all so you can watch me bleed you see these wounds they'll never heal cause every single night i tear the bandage off 
Go ahead, feel free, just you and me. Like this way that, that your fans and your audience can feel so, as you talked about earlier, so intimately connected with you. Mm-hmm. But what I'm actually doing is that I'm like pulling a pit, like I'm tearing off the bandage, like right on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and like when I sing, like, You're Not There, a song about my father passing away, it's like, I can sometimes walk off stage and be like, wow, like he's been dead for now. It's like nine and a half years. How can I still feel like this? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is, is it okay? So here's another question I'd like to ask. Some people tend to think that, you know, once you've kind of expressed your emotions out to a song that you kind of hold so dearly to, it's some sort of a part of a healing process. Is that, is that, is that the same for everyone or it's different? Yeah, it it can be part of a cathartic process, um, but uh, it it's, it it also just brings back memories, you know. Like, you know, you heard some songs during your life that reminds you of a certain time of your life. Where I kind of write those songs about myself. <laughs> it's like sometimes when I hear my own songs on the radio or in a shopping mall, I'm like taken right back to like Germany, 2012, driving in a bus. Or when I hear "Love Someone," I'm I think of like durian and, and i think about like <laughs> eating like pepper crab in singapore and stuff like because we that's where we went doing promo those were the new places it was malaysia the philippines and uh, and singapore were the new countries i visited like with love someone and uh, and i think with happy for you when i hear that song i'm probably gonna think zoom sessions and lockdowns you know <laughs> Yeah, but but oh man, I wish like you know sometimes um like I ha- I I tend to listen to a lot of music, and it's hardly you get uh those uh feelings that when I watch someone sing a song and they sing a song so dearly to their heart, I can I kind of feel a little bit jealous. I kind of like I wish I could be Lucas because like you know, he's writing amazing stuff. He's going on stage singing how he feels, and that's like okay, what's the what's okay, what's the biggest show that you've ever done that you will never ever forget. And why, why was that show something, one show that you'll hold dearly to your heart? I remember, I think it was the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. And, or this, no, no, summer 2016. My, uh, my girlfriend was pregnant with her first daughter who's running around somewhere behind the camera over there in the sun. <laughs> She's like running back and forth between these two apartments oh, over here. okay. Uh, and um, and and then we came back to Denmark. Like we were traveling crazy around, like the United States and Europe. And we came home to Denmark to play, like an outdoor concert, like twenty five thousand people. Oh. And I remember just like coming on stage. Like we we set this up as like a mini festival. So several of my favorite Danish bands that had been coming up with me, some of the rap guys and some of the pop bands, had been playing during the day. It was like a whole one day festival that that we put up. And I just walked on stage like the homecoming sun, mm-hmm. like, uh, and and it was amazing just being able to say, "Hey guys, do you know why we travel around the world with this music? Because of you guys listening to us when we put out YouTube videos in 2011, and then just hearing the crowd go crazy, yeah. and they just sang everything for like 90 minutes. Everything they just sang back so loud, and 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 it's like I've played." in the Staples Center and I've played the like Wembley like stadium and the thing about coming home that was just it was just home you yeah. know it was yeah. these were the people who listened from the very beginning from yeah. before the radio singles you know 
Yeah, this this was the this was where it started. This were the people that basically gave us the opportunity to go world, gave you the opportunity to go worldwide to spread your music to everyone. That's an amazing yeah. feeling. Wow. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's 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 really that's really nice to hear. It's like you know you always you gotta remember where you're from and the people that basically brought yeah, you there. Yeah, but also we're standing at like it. We were at the stadium, this like sports arena, like where we used to go to do like little. It's like in school there was something called like a sports day mm-hmm. where everyone had to go and do stuff. And like I remember going to this place once one year with my entire like primary school and doing all sorts of like track and field stuff. And like suddenly, like I'm on a stage and there's twenty five thousand people that all bought a ticket to be there. You know. Wow. That's 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 a wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, so, okay. crazy. <laughs> so like, uh, you you've got kids. I've got I've got a kid. I've got a I've got a daughter upstairs who uh, my wife is basically trying to refrain from coming downstairs, otherwise she'll be screaming on the microphone because she loves buttons. <laughs> that's amazing. How old is she? She's uh she's twenty three in August. Um, oh, that's a it's a good age. Three. Yeah. So she's uh she's learning. I mean, she can she could speak now. She can have a. You know what's the beautiful thing right now. She and I can have a conversation, and I can understand her, and she can understand me. So that's amazing. But at the age of three, you have these amazing conversations about why can't we eat chocolate in the morning? <laughs> like, it it doesn't make logical sense to them. They're like, "But Dad, I like chocolate." Yeah, it's like during 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 dinner times, like, "Oh, I want yogurt." No, it's you have to eat dinner. No, but I want yogurt. You can't have yogurt. Why? <laughs> So um, I had this like you know doing doing whatever I do. My wife, so like I do all these podcasts and I I, I have them on video as well. And some and growing up, um, I wasn't at home a lot of the time because I travel. I do travel for work, but not as not as uh, often as you do. So what she does is she basically turns it on on the TV for my daughter to kind of like listen to my voice, so that she doesn't she does not forget me. So you know I'm not sure whether she kind of understands what I do right now. But now, being a dad yourself, like you know, there's gonna be a point of time where your kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna realize that, wow, daddy is 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 daddy is singing in front of twenty five thousand people. I was like, how are you gonna like you know? Are you like for me sometimes like I get a little bit afraid. I don't want him to. I don't want my daughter to kind of like have the wrong impression that she has to do whatever I do. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So I mean, like, like with so when with your kids, do you? probably get nervous you know that they're going up too fast and they might just get the wrong idea and stuff like that i think that um wanting your children to be happy is probably better than wanting them to be successful mm, yeah yeah because usually how are are like being a success is also such an intangible thing it's like if you want to be a gardener and you become a gardener you're successful mm-hmm like you don't have to be in a mansion to, to the happiness you have in your life out and she'd be like dad that that's it's your song on the radio and you're singing it it's you that <laughs> like uh but i think it's also about encouraging our children like when my daughter draws and paints i'll encourage her and tell her that she's good at it when i see her dancing and practicing like ballet stuff i'll encourage her and tell her she's good at it yes it's like you 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 have to just want your children to do what makes them happy instead of want your children to do what makes you happy. Uh, I, th- I think that that's kind of the way you have to go about it. Yeah. I, 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 I love that answer because like, you know, your friends like Mike, so I'm a YouTuber. I do YouTube videos, right? So, 
you, you you're definitely gonna get your friends coming up to like to me. It's like, so is your daughter gonna grow up to be a YouTuber? The same as how your friends are gonna come up to you and say, hey, you know, are your kids gonna grow up to be like singers and 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 performers as well? I'm pretty sure you've gotten that question as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that I don't know. Back to the whole, people don't even know who they are themselves. Like, <laughs> how do they know, who, like, who I am or what I am, and how my daughter is going to be? Uh, it's um, we make too many assumptions about people. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now today, my daughter wanted to stay home from the kindergarten. She wanted to stay home yesterday, but we, me, and her mom were both busy. Mm-hmm. And then t- today, we were like, "Do you still want to stay home?" Because like nothing big except you was happening today mm-hmm. and then um and then she was like i'd like to stay home and just have a nice quiet day and she's been like playing with pearls and painting mm-hmm. and now she's over at the neighbors with their kid and like today's just a chill day where it's like take out a mental health day like you might be four and a half mm-hmm. but if you need to check out of your kindergarten because it's uh, there's uh, there's so many children down there sometimes yeah and other, other days she wants to go on full party mode in the kindergarten. You know, <laughs> it's like you, you have to just try and look at life from your children's perspectives instead of being all grown up all the time. Right. right. Like being an adult is boring. Like <laughs> adults, like real true adults are just like boring children. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Um, Lucas, I, I, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could, you know, have more time to really chat with you. I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're going on to a lot of things that we could talk about, but we're running out of time. And, uh, I, I, first things first, I just want to congratulate you on the new single. Happy for you. It's a great song. Um, Thanks very much, Jim. And I, I want to congratulate you on uh, the success of, you know, the hard work and effort, uh, to, to what, whatever you've been doing for the past 10 years or more, uh, doing what you yeah, love wow. and spreading it to like the world for millions to 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 listen to and the most important thing is still staying very grounded and true to yourself rather than changing to what everyone expects of you to be and that's amazing i, I just gotta give you a big round of applause for that that's amazing to hear it's very no dude it's very it's, it's i mean for the lack of a better word right for the lack of a better word and i'm very cliche uh sounding it's 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 very inspiring to hear and i feel like a lot of people need to hear this because a lot of people only see the surface of everything people will only know you like ah yes you know he had a successful song he's famous you know he's successful they don't see the hard work and the the, the other things that goes behind it and you know the normality but the same goes for me and you when we walk past a homeless woman on the street it's like you think that like you don't think behind the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly you just see from the surface so lucas before yeah. we go you, you know do you want to say anything to our listeners uh, who are listening in today well, uh, first, I think, Jen, we should have a, a date to make a YouTube video of us sitting and trying out a bunch of different food in Malaysia when I get back. Yes. Including the durian porridge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that for that one, you'll be teaching me about durian porridge instead of anything else. <laughs> but yeah, I just thank you for listening to the songs that I write. And, and thank you, Jen, for your time. Yeah. It's a pleasure to, to sit here in... Uh, in Scandinavia and have someone want to talk to you from the other side of the world literally yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for your time Lucas uh, it's been an absolute honor I hope to see you back here in Malaysia soon you know when I once this whole pandemic oh, that would thing be a pleasure once this whole Get pandemic some, thing uh, cools down or whatever not <laughs> Oh, most definitely. Yes. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. That was Lucas Graham. We'll speak to you guys next time. 